Distractions Podcast, a podcast where we tell you stories of true crime, conspiracy theories, and paranormal stories to provide you a weird distraction to your everyday life. I'm Alex. And Christy. And this week we are back for a special fan pick. Ooh, never thought I'd ever have to say that. Well, actually, it's a lie. We, we did have a we fan have fans. <laughs> we, we have fans, damn it, and not from OnlyFans. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we're not on OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> we're not Bella, no. <laughs> no, no, but uh, we did have one fan pick before, episode 10, William Harvey, go listen to that, that's a close to us story, but this one, this one's a little, a little different, and hopefully you, you're you sitting down, you're going to listen to the information, because there's a lot, a lot to dissolve. Um, before we dive in and shout out our fan pick, um, fan picker? fan picker uh christy what is your need for a distraction this week mm, i have a couple because it's been a rough week let it out sister let it vent um so there's a construction outside my house and it was down the street which is fine like i'm on the main drag of a tourist town right. but now the construction like it's doing the whole main drag oh god. so it's right outside my window now oh god right and i like the windows open because i have no ac so i like the breeze and um, so that's what I'm going to be hearing from that one. So I'm never going to be able to sleep in again. I'm <laughs> going to constantly be hearing beeping and trucks moving and dust. And oh, I just okay. thought about the dust. That's a problem. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be a problem. Ow. And then, oh, my cat's biting me. And then <laughs> that's a problem. That's a problem. That's also a problem. <laughs> and then my other distraction is I decided to be active for a little bit. <laughs> this week and I was like let's go for a hike with a friend and 13k later I want to die and I can't walk today yeah no absolutely not you are one brave soul because it, when you were telling me about it I'm like oh like that's a nice area to go hiking that sounds fun you're like yeah so we were supposed to go for 12k but by the end of it it was 13k and I'm like absolutely not you lost me it was over three hours no of like complete incline I felt the entire time and I was like nope my calves are on fire like by, by the end of it I was like I just want to be done I just want to grow up in a ball and die nope. Yep. Nope. You lost. You lost me at twelve. When you said twelve, I was like, she's gonna say K, and I'm not gonna like it. So, nope. yeah, you definitely need a distraction. Um, yes. I would have to say mine is a mixed bag of things. I, well, first and foremost, my fur baby who is entering the my room as we speak, and we'll, you might hear him throughout the episode crying. He's crying. Um, he has what I think is a skin infection, so I have to take him to the vets on Monday. So I'm really concerned because he is my baby. He is everything I live for and would die for him easily. Every day. Every day. Um, So there's that. And then just work. I'm just not, I feel like this week's been weird. Like I'm just not in the mindset to work. And it's not like I have vacation coming up anytime soon. I just had two days off, but I just don't want to work. I don't want to talk to people. I just want to sleep. So well, especially when you have to go to Grand Valley, like you told us, oh, and you have to tell someone that their phone's not working because they don't have service. <laughs> not that the phone doesn't work. Yeah, they could have figured that out themselves. So I I had to drive 45 minutes for a 10 minute face to face meeting to tell a client that the reason why she can't make phone calls off her cell phone is because she doesn't have service in her apartment building. 
And as soon as I told her, t- like, told her that, she's like, oh, okay. And, like, proceed to try and walk and leave the appointment. I was like, uh-uh, no, I'm making this worth my time, damn it. Like, let's talk about your mental health so I can feel, like, somewhat useful. But, uh, yeah, so there was that. <laughs> on top of everything else. So I think it's time to get weird. It's time to get weirdly distracted. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So as mentioned, this was a fan pick by Becca P. I won't say last names for confidentiality reasons, but... Uh, you know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. We know who you are because we went to high school and public school with you. So thank you so much for the recommendation. It is a fucking doozy. So thanks. <laughs> hope you have a long commute to listen to this. Yes, yes. So as mentioned, hope you're sitting down or you're hiking 13K because you're a brave, brave soul. Um, don't do it. But if you haven't watched the new reboot of Unsolved Mystery series or haven't heard about this case, I'm going to break it down for you and then we're going to discuss the theories because this is a conspiracy theory with hints of true crime. Just little, little tidbits of true crime. And if you're wondering, what the fuck are you talking about, Alex? I'm talking about Ray Rivera and his mysterious disappearance and what actually happened. I don't actually know what happened, but I have some theories. Oh, I think I did watch that episode. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah, the well, building? Yes. Okay, definitely watch that one. All right. So you're, you, you, you'll you recognize some of the, the facts I'm going to drop players. on. The players. The players, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so to kick off, Ray was born on June 10th, 1973 to parents Angel and Maria. It's going to be a long episode. I'm sorry, folks. It's Ray had a sister, Alina, and a brother, Angel. Uh, Angel reported in the Unsolved Mysteries series that the Rivera family was very close growing up. Furthermore, Ray's family and friends would state that Ray was a very active guy, even being an assistant men's water polo coach at the John Hopkins University in Baltimore at one point. Um, around the time when things kind of went down, he was approximately five foot six and weighed about 260 pounds. Uh, Ray married love of his life, Allison, in November 2005, and in 2006, the two were reportedly talking about taking the next steps around having a family. Aw, that's so sweet. Uh, <laughs> Allison reported... But is it? <laughs> it? I mean, for some people it is. For me, no. But it's, I, it's sweet for other people. <laughs> Allison reported in the Unsolved Mystery series that Ray aspired to be a writer and or director. He loved films and wanted to be in that field. However, that field wasn't bringing a lot of income. So Ray and his wife uh, were living in Southern California for a while until they relocated to Baltimore in December of 2004. They moved there so that Ray could work with his longtime friend, Porter Stansbury. So Ray and Porter knew each other from high school since around like 15 years old. And they were really like thick as thieves like us, you know, just two, two buddies. They just didn't have a podcast. That's all. Wasn't two peas in a pod. Two peas in a pad. Two creeps in a podcast. I don't know. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Porter was adamant that Ray should come work with him, even though Ray wasn't super into what Porter was doing. And if you're wondering, well, what the fuck was Porter doing? Porter, Stansbury and Associates was like a big finance stockbroking number place. Um, and Ray offered, sorry, Porter offered Ray a job to be like a financial writer, to write financial newsletters, um, to give, you know, prospected clients opportunity to potentially invest in some stocks or some opportunities coming up 
Um, but regardless, like Ray needed a job. And so him and Allison moved to Baltimore and Allison noted in the Unsolved Mysteries series that she and Ray made up pact that they were going to stay in Baltimore for about 24 months. You know, they, they wanted to go, they wanted to kind of give it a shot. But I think at the end of the day, they're, when they moved there, they're like, you know, we're probably not going to meet anyone. Like we're moving all this way just for Porter, what have you. But quickly, quickly after they moved in, they connected with a local church. They started meeting people and things started panning out as they usually do. And I hope you liked that really, really nice piece because things are about to get depressing. So buckle up. Allison uh, went on a business trip three hours away on May 16th, 2006. She reported that Ray got up early with her, made her breakfast, and helped her get her belongings in, in her car before she took off. So after the day of, you know, her business trip or whatever, Allison called home after checking into a hotel between 6, 6.30 p.m. ish to, you know, see how Ray was doing. Allison calls Ray, calls Ray, but there's no answer, which is kind of odd for them. Like, they... They talk a lot, like, especially if they're not together. It seemed like they had that really close relationship, right? They're very so, lovey-dovey that way. Very lovey-dovey. Um, Allison and Ray had a house guest, Claudia, who is a colleague of Allison's. Uh, so Allison decided, you know, I'm going to call Claudia and see what the fuck's going on. Like, where's Ray? Allison was told by Claudia that she heard Ray receiving a call at approximately 6.30 p.m., further hearing him answer the call and say, oh... And then rush out the house in his car without saying anything further. So he gets a call. All she hears is him answering it and saying, oh, and then he beelines out of the house. So Claudia double checked around the house and reported to Allison he wasn't back from wherever he went. So, you know, time goes past and Allison tries to go to sleep. She's like, hey, whatever. Like maybe he went out with Porter. Something happened at work. What have you. Mm hmm. Hours passed and became clear that things were awry. Like, something wasn't, something wasn't right here. Claudia called Allison the next day on May 17th at 5.30 a.m. and told Allison that Ray still wasn't home. Allison rushed home and was met with friends and family who began dedicating time to find Ray. No one had heard from Ray, and no one knew what had happened. Now, you go. Oh, yeah. She just got he, he just left. No. But a lot of people at this point were getting, like, really concerned because he wasn't the type just to kind of go MIA, like his brother Angel put it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he he just didn't do it, right? And, like, it'd be similar if you went MIA. I mean, I, bug, I, I talk to you at least once a week, if not more. So if you were just, like, all of a sudden gone, I'd be like, where the fuck do you go? I would I'd hope of- someone noticed. I'd hope so. <laughs> oh, I would notice. I'd be like, hey, what do you think about this for the podcast? Hey, what do you want to <laughs> hey, are you free this weekend? Do you wanna go do you wanna go somewhere spooky? That that'd be why you'd be leaving. <laughs> you'd be I would like, be listening no. to any of your Instagram message, your Snapchats, your <laughs> Facebook Messenger messages, your Facebook meme tweets, like yeah. tags, all yeah. the platforms you take me in. <laughs> I'm needy, what can I say? <laughs> um, so when Allison did make it home, it should be known that she found the following. So Ray's car obviously wasn't there. There was a, an empty pop can opened in the kitchen, a bag of potato chips, Ray's Invisaligns, and the office light was left on, and their bedroom light was also left on. He so, dropped everything and peaced. Literally just dropped everything and went. Like, mm-hmm. who forgets chips? Who forgets snacks for an adventure? For a planned adventure? You should take the pop for the road. Exactly. 
So Ray's friend slash boss, Porter, uh, f- first put out a $1,000 reward to help try to find Ray. He then upped it to five grand. Uh, Porter reportedly was also able to get media and the, get the media involved, sorry, to help get the word out that Ray was missing. There was also reportedly no activity on Ray's credit cards and his cell phone was suspected to be dead because it just wasn't paying off any towers. After about six days of looking for Ray, Allison's parents found his car located in a parking lot near St. Paul Street, uh, located also near his workplace, Stansbury and Associates. So when the car was found, it had parking tickets on the windshield. The parking attendant for the lot suspected that it must have been parked on May 16th when Ray disappeared. Mm-hmm. Allison and family suspected that the car had been sitting there for approximately six days at that point. So Frederick Bealfield, Bealfield, and I'm, I'm, I, I shit you not, I swear I'm pronouncing this right. It's B E A L Field, Bealfield. Commissioner, sorry. yeah, <laughs> he is the commissioner of the Baltimore Police. Uh, reported that Ray's cell phone was not in the car, and there was quote nothing of evidentiary value in the truck. There is nothing to indicate theft in the vehicle suspicious mm-hmm. where the parking lot is located is near the belvedere hotel which now functions as a condominium so on may 24th while up on the top of the parking garage next to the hotel three co-workers of ray noticed flip-flops on the lower roof area near hole in the roof of the south wing of the belvedere hotel once the once these guys noticed this hole they called the police mm-hmm. um Allison explained that the only way to actually see this hole was to be on top of the Belvedere or to be on top of the parking garage looking down. Like, it was really, like, you you wouldn't be able to see it any other way. No, yeah, like, you had to be high up enough. Exactly. So, when police arrived at the hotel, they asked to investigate the space where the suspected hole was supposed to be, I guess, or where they thought the hole might have been, which was the old racquetball club also referred to as the, quote, old church, state, old church space by staff. Gary, who worked at the hotel, noted most people wouldn't have known that the space was u- even used at all. Like, it was, the hotel was really big and prime in its heyday, but now, obviously, it's a condominium. It's not, like, as active. Maybe, like, a random side space that you just, like, wouldn't think to go into or access. Exactly. So when Gary, the staff that used to work there, opened up the doors to the uh, the space for police, he reports smelling the stench of a dead body immediately. And after further investigation by police in the Belvedere Hotel, they discovered Ray's decomposed body inside the room. His body was under the hole his workers had seen before. Mm -hmm. So... Ray had gone through the metal roof and through the ceiling into the room, and right off the bat, there were a lot of conflicting theories as to what the fuck took place. Um, So, like, for example, police suspected that Ray died by suicide. They're like, oh, yeah, clean, simple, it's suicide. However, the distance between the space where he may have jumped and the hotel roof seemed way too far apart. And I'm actually going to quote a direct, like, something directly off good old Wikipedia here, because I think this describes the whole... Like, this will give people a a visual of what I'm talking about, but, like, there's just too much space. Mm -hmm. So, once again, direct quote from good old Wikipedia. Partly due to the hotel's mansard roof, there was a considerable horizontal distance between the hotel tower and the location of the hole in the lower lower roof, a distance that was unlikely to have been covered by a person jumping from the top of the tower. 
The vertical, <clears throat> sorry, the vertical distance of approximately 50 meters, building height is 188 feet or 57 meters, would have taken approximately 3.3 seconds. This suggests if he did come from the roof and traveled a horizontal distance of 45 feet or 13.7 meters before impact, he would have had to have a horizontal speed of 4.2 meters per second, so one, so like 15 kilometers, between a fast jog and a sprint for an average fit male wearing sport shoes. However, homeboy was wearing flip-flops, flip or, yeah, or he was barefoot. And would have a maximum run of just up to like 10 meters or 2.5 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, not fast enough. No. And like right off the bat, um, the fact that he was wearing flip-flops or potentially barefoot, like that that would probably hinder his speed, I would think. I'm not a mathematician, so don't at me. But like I feel like that would that would hinder something. Mm-hmm. And like you said, yeah, like just the way that the, the, the roof was like how it was like that weird like open rectangle u-shape yeah exactly that it possibly happened exactly so some suspected that maybe ray did jump from a ledge approximately several several floors below the roof oh my gosh several floors below the roof but this was ruled out because where he would have jumped is privately owned and he wouldn't have he wouldn't have access to it like the condos Mm mm-hmm so, like, unless someone was like, oh, yeah, sure, man, you can jump off my ledge. Like, no, that's... <laughs> and not pipe up about it, yeah. Exactly. And we'll get to that, too. Um, so not only that, but the hole itself was fairly small and looked to be cut clean. Um, Allison also shared that she and Ray both had a fear of heights, so the fact that he... Like, the whole notion of people being like, oh, yeah, he might have jumped, he might have jumped, is kind of far-fetched, because she's like... When I went up to the roof to look at it, I was freaked out. Like, I have no idea how Ray would have been able to do that on his own. Unless he was forced. Unless he was forced. We'll get to it. Um, things got even more complicated because we're... Why else? Why, why wouldn't they at this point? Um, when Ray's eyeglasses and phone were found not... Like, not far from him in the same room, but they neither of them were damaged. So you'd think mm-hmm. if he jumped to his own death with those from that height, they would have they'd been... They'd be crushed. They'd be fucked up, right? Like, mm-hmm. they'd, be, they'd be damaged. Not, like, nothing. Not even a scratch on his glass. Not even a scratch on his phone. Like, absolutely oh, no. nothing. So, one thing that was missing from the scene and from Ray was his money clip. Um, Allison shared in the series that she bought it for him as a wedding gift and had RR engraved into it. He would keep his IDs, money with it, and typically had it on him at all times. However, it was, like, nowhere to be found. Which is, like, that's got to be distressing, too, for her. Because it's like, okay, so the police keep saying it's a suicide, but yet... like yeah, he left he- in his car. There's nothing in yeah. the car. The car's untouched. It's not in the car. Now it's not on him. And then stuff's beside him and not also touched. Exactly. Exactly. So going back to one part where we're kind of like talking about the condominium, no one that lived in the Belvedere or worked in the Belvedere that was at the Belvedere that night reported hearing or seeing anything at all. Like nothing. Mm -hmm. No one saw shit. Super suspicious. Um, Ray's brother Angel also made a good point during the Unsolved Mysteries episode that not just anyone off the street could walk into the Belvedere and mosey around. Like, 
I think he said he tried to walk in and kind of gave, like, kind of allude to the fact that he was stopped and asked potentially of, like, why are you in here? What are you doing? Because it's a condominium. Mm-hmm. Like, people are paying to be there. I'm sure there's probably, like, a security fee or something on top of it, right? Hey, you pay, like, what is that, your HOH fees or something stupid? Exactly. Um, and a reporter also commented that to get where Ray suspectively might have jumped or what you may, like, or what have you um, off the building's roof, he would have had to known how to get to, like, for example, the back stairs to get up all the way to the roof. Mm-hmm. But there's no, like, it's kind of conflicting because I listened to um, the Generation Y podcast. I didn't end up actually using any of their notes, but I did listen to a bit of their show. Um, they they say that they saw somewhere that apparently Ray had stayed at the Belvedere before him and Allison fully moved to um, Baltimore, but I I couldn't find that anywhere, so I don't know. He very well could have known the Belvedere really well, but in the same sense, like, I feel like if he walked in, rushed one night in flip-flops, you know, coming in in a huff, I don't necessarily think they'd be like, oh, yeah, hey, Ray, like, come up, use these stairs, and not remember it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like if he, like, walked in the way he, like, the state he seemed to use in or when he was wearing, like, someone stopped and be like, what are you doing? Exactly. And if you have any hope of camera footage with this, there there is none. So, like, drop mm. your hopes. Drop your hopes at the door, because we ain't got shit here, unfortunately. When you need camera footage, always it's not working it's, or not available. Exactly. It's a tale as old as, t- it's tale as, old as crime, my dear Christy. <laughs> there is no camera footage, so that's really annoying. And it was especially annoying to investigators, because they're like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. we, we have nothing to work on. Um, and of course the camera on the rooftop wasn't working either. So like, just, just nothing. Just, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing. The sketch. Uh, so as mentioned, Ray's body was found decomposed, making it extremely hard, if not impossible for investigators to find, uh, further evidence on him. However, I was able to record some of the, like, details off the autopsy, mm-hmm. um, so the autopsy itself indicated some of the falling that Ray had suffered from. And you're in the medical field, so you might understand this a little bit more than I do. Um, so bilateral lung contusions, mm-hmm. lacerations of the lungs, lacerations mm-hmm. of the liver, and the lacerations were approximately seven to nine inches. Mm-hmm. Hemorrhage of the interior neck. Contusion of the chest, abrasions of the torso, multiple rib fractures, fracture of the sternum, bilateral clavicle fracture, fractures extending to the base of the skull, and an open fracture of the tibia and fibula with a six by or sorry, four by six laceration to the point where there was protusion protrusion of the bone oh. through the skin. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of like upper chest, head, neck, which sounds like if you're going head first into a building. Right. That's where you get your damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Allison reported during the Unsolved Mystery series that when meeting with the medical examiner, they told her, quote, I know what they, the police, are trying to do, and we're not going to close this case. Because as mentioned, the police thought this was a suicide clean cut. They mm-hmm. weren't even, they didn't want to. bother investigating. Exactly. They didn't want to fathom doing any anything further. So the medical examiner reported that the, there were findings um, 
suspicious. There were things in their findings that didn't seem to match up with Ray jumping off the roof as roof as a potential suicide. So, for example, the way his shins were broken didn't indicate fully a regular fall because of the jump, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, like I said, like chest and head sounds like he went in head first, but then yeah, like how was both of his bags broken? Like, did he go in feet first? Did someone exactly. break his legs? Yeah. Because of all this, the medical examiner ruled Ray's death as in- inconclusive, but Baltimore police through and through thought it was suicide based on, quote, hard hard evidence, but yet there wasn't a lot of evidence if you actually think about it. Yeah. Oh, this police work. I know. I know. I I think if we do a story, we're always mad at the police about something. I know. And, like, we, yeah, it's just, there's such, there's cases like these that come up and someone just should have done their job a little bit better. Mm -hmm. That's, That's all we're saying. But, like, it shines a bad light on a lot of good people, but that happens. Do your fucking job, and maybe we wouldn't hate on you. Nice <laughs> tune. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Ray's family. So after this whole police bullshit of them saying, oh, it was a suicide, Ray's family had told police over and over again that Ray wasn't diagnosed or seeking treatment for any mental illness, nor did they feel strongly that he was struggling with suicidal thoughts. I mean, mm. it does open up for discussion, though. When it comes to suicide, sometimes people don't necessarily disclose they're struggling. I mean, I personally, I work in the mental health field. I deal with a lot of people who outwardly disclose their suicide on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. I, I personally haven't really encountered anyone who hasn't done it and hasn't said something but i'm not saying that's not plausible right does that make yeah, sense yeah no you're like now that you think about it like you think of those ones that like would happen in high school you're like that was the happiest yeah. person stuff exactly. like that yeah exactly suicide can happen to anyone at any time and there's no painted picture of what it should look like or how exactly yeah. there's there's not always telltale signs as they say everyone's different right mm-hmm. um Unfortunately, um, well, not unfortunately, there was an officer on the case who felt that Ray's death had enough grounds to be explored as a homicide, uh, Detective Byer. Mm. And this is where the unfortunate part comes in, because he was reassigned and moved off the case within three weeks of it. I remember that. Yeah. Annoyed. Yeah. Super annoyed. Um, After Ray's body was found, like within hours after... It was rumored that Stansbury and Associates placed a gag order, i.e. a legal document stating that you can't talk about certain things as outlined in the document and had lawyered up. So his friend mm-hmm. is sketchy. Yep. And when police tried like trace the call that Ray had received the night he went missing, it led back to Stansbury and Associates, but the call didn't come from a direct extension, so there was no way to really indicate who exactly called Ray. But they were able to tell that it was from that office. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, holy shit, like, why, like, is this, is Porter going to at least clear the air? You would be wrong because he wouldn't return phone calls to police either. It also didn't look good that Stansbury and Associates were hit with a fraud charge of $1.5 million due to some false investment advice they gave through one of their newsletters prior to Ray starting uh, which involved a Russian firm. Remember this for later. Hint bold italicized. Star it. Remember it for later. It will be important. Yeah, basically so far his friend is being a POS. Yes. So 
Next, investigators uh, search the home for further. So, sorry, search the home further to see if they can find any more clues as to like what the fuck's going on. And during the investigation, Allison finds the infamous note tucked in behind Ray's computer. And I say infamous because this this note has been floating, like pictures of it, obviously not the actual note, have been mm-hmm. <laughs> floating online ever since this show came out, like the reboot came out. Mm. So Allison stated that she knows Ray wrote the note the day of his death as there were scraps in the trash can and like she and her coworkers knew him to never like keep his trash can full he was he was a tidy guy put it Mm -hmm. that way um the font on the typed out note was super small it was on a single sheet that was folded and taped the paper was seven inches long and was make kind of like a makeshifted to be difficult for people to find like it was like this little tiny origami yeah yeah, literally it looked like origami and it was like taped behind his computer it was wild please find if i die (laughs) yeah essentially so the note read, and this is direct quote, brothers and sisters, right now around the world, volcanoes are erupting. What an awesome sight. Whom virtue, whom virtue unites death will not separate. Apparently the last statement is a phrase in the Freemasonry, which we'll get to. Um, the letter reads on to state, I stand before you a man who understands the purpose and value of our secrets. That's why I cherish them as secrets. He also says, That was a well-played game. Congratulations to all who participated. But it is time to wake up. So, here I am. Life is a test to see if you can control your spirit. Take care and enjoy the festivities. And we're not done yet. Hold on. Another Another expert of the letter reads, I'd like to welcome those who accepted our, our invitations for membership during the game. We couldn't have done it without you. I took on the endeavor to find the truth, but not for its own sake. In accepting this quest for truth, I hope to make myself, with the help of others, into a man worthy and ready to receive it. Members of the council, please note that I will lend careful concentration to the traditional responsibilities. In light of those proceedings... I will satisfy the standard request of this council within the appropriate time. So, I think he is jigsaw and ranking a rhyme. Of- I was gonna say like it's it's <laughs> so it's 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 a lot. It's a lot to digest. Like if if let's say hypothetically if this was me and Tanner was like this was a situation with like Tanner and I, I would have no fu- I wouldn't know what the fuck to do with myself. I'd be like okay, like. Mm-hmm. Like, but, is, is this there like random thoughts? Is this a riddle? Like, what's going on? Exactly. So the letter also included names of actors and filmmakers, as well as movies such as The Game, Lord of the Rings, The Born Identity, Fight Club, The Village, The Others, Signs, and Unbreakable. Interesting choices. Yeah. Uh, it also had names of people Ray was related to with a weird re- request to make them and himself five years younger. Which is, yeah. Weird. Allison explained in the Unsolved Mysteries uh, series that the letters seemed bizarre in the sense of the whole page of people Rain, like, there was a whole page of people that Rain knew, including, like I mentioned, family and friends, but he missed significant people within the letters. Like, I think he missed his brother, his sister, her, like, he missed a shit ton of people. 
Um, she also shared that she looked into finding some of the reasons of as like behind some of what he, the statements he had made in the letter. Mm-hmm. So she Googled the one sentence, whom virtue unites, death will not separate. And it led to the connection to the Freemasons, as mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Allison shared that Ray had interest in secret societies, such as the Freemasons. However, she thought maybe he was using the information like to write a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray had been known to write random stuff prior to the incident, mostly just random thoughts or ideas. Like he, there is a direct quote that kind of explains it a bit further. So I don't want to, we'll, we'll get to it. Just, just hang on, hang tight. Um, <laughs> this note was sent to the FBI and they cleared it as being unusual, but they didn't feel it carried any suicidal intent. So they're like, yeah, like this is kind of a fucked up letter, but like based on what we've seen before, this doesn't really breed like this like concern that it was like a suicidal note or a suicide mm. which Al- I'm looking for anyways because it's not a suicide exactly uh Allison shared during the show once again that the Monday so the May 15th before Ray went missing their home alarm system went off at approximately 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Allison noted that Ray appeared extremely afraid as he was roaming around the house with a baseball bat. She's like, I've never seen a grown man that fucking, like, that afraid. Like, he was spooked. Um, Police did attend the Rivera's home and said it was probably a squirrel. However, the alarm went off again early in the morning of the day that he went missing on the Tuesday, or, like, on the Tuesday at 1 a.m. again. It's suspicious. All right, are you ready for some theories? Because I am. Hit me. All right, I'm going to take a sip. Ooh, good choice of drink. Right? And in case you're wondering, I'm drinking Smirnoff Ice Light Raspberry and Soda. We're not sponsored, but if you want to sponsor us, that'd be, that'd be stellar. We'll be down. Because it's my fave. <laughs> because it's, yeah, we drink it a lot. Um, all right, so of course the first theory is the suicide theory. We do have to at least look at it, although I know neither of us agree with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, as mentioned, Baltimore police believed that the incident was a suicide. Some suspect that the weird note that Ray left may have been a sign that Ray was struggling with an undiagnosed mental illness. Um, Allison reported that two weeks before Ray's death that he was, quote, extremely worried in what she connected it to being about work. As mentioned, Stansbury and Associates had a mess of of legal shit happen prior to Ray coming, and Ray was kind of brought in by Peter to try and clean things things up afterwards. So based on the prior work stress, the fact that they were like talking about maybe starting a family, this, that, and the other, some suspected that, you know, maybe he was struggling, but it, it's hard because when you, when you listen to how everyone talks about him and talks about the relationship, like it doesn't sound like it fits. No, no, no. And like, it just, like you said, like, there's no, like, specific way of what happens, but still, like, just even, like, that doesn't fit and just the details of how it happened doesn't fit. Exactly. Exactly. So, for me, like, that theory doesn't, like, I get it. Some people will believe it to each their own, but I, mm-hmm. no. We no. love a conspiracy. We're not going to go there. No. Um, so, theory number two is that Ray's death was somehow linked to David Fincher's movie, The Game. So... Here's a direct like here's a direct quote from Wikipedia describing the movie. So the 1997 American film The Game tells the tale of a wealthy investment banker who is given a mysterious gift by his brother. 
participation in a game that integrates in, a stra in strange ways with his everyday life. As the lines between the banker's real life and the game become more uncertain, hints of a larger conspiracy become more apparent. So the banker Nicholas, who is played by Michael Douglas, plays this game, and at the end of this quote-unquote game, he thinks his whole life is falling apart. So he jumps to what he thinks is his death, um, and he jumps specifically off of a roof into a ceiling. Mm -hmm. However, he is alive and has another chance to kind of live his life to the fullest. So this theory actually came shortly after the Unsolved Mysteries reboot was aired, uh, where a Reddit user by the username of Zuma Light Blue, once again, that's Zuma Light Blue, love it, uh, made the connection between Ray and the movie. And here's kind of like a direct quote from Zuma Light Blue, which reads, One of these movies was the game. Immediately I thought, of course, there is one big scene at the end of the movie where the main character jumped off the roof of a fancy hotel and goes through the glass roof. The whole movie is about this crazy game that a company arranges that makes you think you lose everything in order to let you appreciate life again. Ray was an unsuccessful movie scriptwriter, and maybe he got involved in that and tried to oh my god, tried to imitate the game in some way. Zuma Light Blue also continues like through like comments of the original Reddit post, mm -hmm. stating, "Reading through the note, Ray writes on the last page, the game is up, and." That was a well-played game. Congratulations to all that participated. Which he thinks has something to do with the, like, kind of where he, or whoever this person is, kind of takes and is like, see, this is the evidence. This is, this is, this mm. is, yeah. Those were awesome movies. You're like, want to watch the movie to see what happens? I haven't seen that movie, I don't think. I've, I was going to say, I've never even heard of that movie. But now I've I, like, seen it on, like, what do you call them? Platforms, like, things that have... Whatever. <laughs> I can't think. It's okay. Uh, however, according to an Entertainment Weekly article, the co-creator of the Unsolved Mysteries re reboot, uh, Terry Dunmuir, stated in a direct quote, I spoke to his wife, Allison, about that. She spent a lot of time with that note, as did the FBI, just going through the note, trying to figure out if there were any clues or anything else in there. She doesn't place any significance on the movie The Game. Ray liked a lot of different types of movies. He was just a guy who was interested in everything. If he had only ever just left that writing, like that note, or mm. if it was like the only thing he had ever written randomly, then people would ha maybe have a little bit more to suspect. But he did this all the time. He kept so many journals full of random writing... Uh, Allison feels that she's been through all the journals just trying to find any clue that could help her figure out what happened to him, and she couldn't find anything really strong with the game. So. Yeah, it's actually just because he, like, wrote random stuff down for a screenwriter that's completely just, like, thrown out the window. It's nothing. Right? So I don't, I don't necessarily know. I mean, it's, it's definitely suspicious that, like, how similar to the plot line Ray's situation is, but I also agree. I don't necessarily know if there's enough to be like, oh yeah, for sure, he was trying to imitate it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, again, conspiracy could be coincidence. I don't know. Exactly. So, we're at theory number three, 
which is someone got revenge after bad investment advice and it was a staged suicide. So Ray, as mentioned, Ray worked for his friend Porter as a financial writer for Stansbury and Associates. Ray apparently wasn't super happy about his work because some of the stocks he wrote about were rebounding as he predicted. Not only that, but as numerously mentioned, uh, Ray was brought in after a huge lawsuit, which hypothetically speaking, he could have been perhaps um, been shafted maybe to take the fall without really knowing about it. Because let's be fucking real, Porter sounds really, really sketchy. Um, This theory is also backed up by the two potential break-ins that happened prior to Ray going missing. People think that some someone was trying to scare him by doing this and decided to amp him up. Or amp it up, sorry, not amp him up. <laughs> um, but the idea of things being staged obviously comes from the fact that no one heard or saw Ray at the Belvedere. His glasses and phone were in good condition, even though if they fell with him, once again, you'd think they'd be wrecked. And his money clip was missing, which he usually always had on hand, but it would have his ID, his debit card, like, you know, his debit card, credit cards, whatever. So this is the one that I really kind of resonated with because I think, oh, sorry, I was going to (laughs) say, I think someone from work called him and told him that shit was hitting the fan with a former investor, maybe wanting to sue or was really pissed off. So he rushed to meet someone else at work or nearby, and was taken away from his parked car to another location where he was murdered and then dropped where police found him to a staged suicide. That's yeah, like, I think you can make all the details fit. Like, yeah, like, the abrupt leaving, the, the suspicion that, like, since they broke his legs, then they threw him off something. Yeah. And it's, like, depending, like, where were they. Like, it's still, like, just all the, like, the different spots on the roof of how things could happen. It's hard to pinpoint then where he went from, because all of them really didn't work very well. Well, Other than maybe off the corner. Yeah. There there was one theory that I didn't necessarily include, but someone thought that maybe, like, a helicopter or, like, an airplane dropped in, but then, like, you would have heard it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that would have to be, like, a really specific... Because the hole itself was, like, a clean-cut hole. So they would have had to have cut it beforehand, draw, like, get him in it, like, you know kill him, get him in a helicopter and airplane, and then specifically drop him just right enough so that he falls in the hole. Which I'm like, that's that's excessive. That's a lot. That's, that's a, a reach. lot. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Like I can't mm. see anyone being that motivated. No, I definitely feel like that I that like um theory fits the most so far. Yeah. And then finally our last theory, and this is theory four. It has something more to do with the Freemasons. Mm. So, we all know that Ray had an interest in the Freemasons and secret societies as a whole. We also know that the letter Ray had left had mentions connected to the Freemasons. And, you know, based on this, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, for sure, it's the Freemasons. But, let me continue before we jump back on. (laughs) Uh, Ray's family and friends felt that Ray's interest in the Freemasons centered around the, their reputa- reputation as an organization which are, you know, totally secret from the rest of society. Uh, according to the, I think it's West Baltimore TV, um, there was more to the Freemason connections that we didn't see in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, including the fact that Ray was supposedly reading the book, The Builders, which is about Freemasons, literally the weekend before he disappeared. And he also had the book Freemasons for Dummies. 
<laughs> Classic. Classic. Um, originally, so I originally when Becca sent this um, topic, this topic, she I think she wanted me to kind of focus on like secret societies and like you know like Freemasons and stuff. Mm. Eventually, I wouldn't mind doing an episode on like just the Illuminati, which we've talked about in episode twenty, but. I don't want to poke around too much on like Freemasons or Scientology only because there are a lot of theories out there that if you poke the bear, the bear will come for you. Yeah, if you talk about it, like we talked about in 20, you guys don't talk about it because you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. exactly. So essentially, like, I don't want to want to ruffle any feathers but I don't. You know, I don't want to become a ray and disappear. <laughs> I, I exactly, exactly. Um, but I will say, like, if you do look online, some people have theorized that the Freemasons are a part of some new world order, kind of similar to the Illuminati. Um, mm. Which, if you haven't listened to episode twenty, I don't know what you're doing. Just listen to it, please, because it'll make a lot more sense. <laughs> um, so another Reddit user, GoldenR16180, theorized that Ray left the, the note because Freemasons are not supposed to share their secrets. One could speculate that maybe Ray was researching more and more on the Freemasons and maybe discovered something he shouldn't have. A member found out and eventually he was murdered because of it. And just for shits and gigs, um, I did look up what it takes to be a Freemason and this is from <laughs> the Dominion Lodge website. And here are the requirements. So you have to be a man. You have to be... Sexist. Yeah. You have to be freeborn of mature age, which means 21 plus, um, of good repute and well recommended. You have to have a belief in a supreme being and be able to support oneself and family, meaning being financially stable to become and remain a mason without it becoming a burden on the person's family. And you have to come to Freemasonry as of, or sorry, of your, quote, own free will and accord, meaning Freemasons do not send invites. So, no. How do you know when to get in? Exactly. Um, And, of course, obviously, I want to actually kind of understand what the fuck Freemasonry was. So, the website continues and says, it's a fraternal organization, religious in character, based on the belief in the Father of God, Brotherhood of Man, and immortality of the soul. Interesting. And they, they specifically say, it's not a secret society and it's voluntary. We, we got nothing to hide. It's bull. Mm-hmm. Bull. And it's not a specific religion itself. Take that information as you will. I should note, there's no nothing documents saying that Ray was working to apply to be a Freemason, so I don't know if that was ever looked at, but that's just... He had an interest in them, let's put it that way. And those are the theories around <laughs> what happened, potentially happened, who knows what happened to Ray Rivera, which is a super sad case, and Super, 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 super confusing. Like, I'm baffled. If I was wife, I'd be so mad and distraught. Right? Distraught and then mad, for sure. Distraught, mad, angry, confused, you name it, you'd feel it, right? So, obviously, our hearts go out to Allison. Hopefully, there is an answer someday, sooner than later. Um, But on that note, our resources, because there are a lot of them... Uh, Radio Times website article, What Happened to Ray Rivera, Theories Around the Netflix Unsolved Mysteries Case, Wikipedia, Marie Claire online article written by Catherine J. Ogie, 
Uh, Greeley, Tr Greeley Tribune article by TM Fasano, Unsolved Mystery Series on Netflix. Reddit, Entertainment Weekly article by Rosie Cordero. Uh, Bustle article by Rebecca Patton. And Dominion Lodge website number 117. Mm. And that is my case. Actually, I, was, like, I almost enjoy sometimes when I know the topic. Or like the fact that I actually watched the episode. I was like, ooh. I know what happens. Well, it's kind of nice, too, because sometimes when I hit you with a conspiracy theory, it's probably hard for you to... Follow what's like, going on. Exactly, because I'm throwing so much information at you at once. So I actually like doing this one because I'd watched it prior, too. So I was mm -hmm. like, shit, yeah, like, I'm going to focus on Ray Rivera. And I was like, okay, I've already seen the episode. I've already listened and heard other people cover it. But now, like, it's been some time since the show came out, like a month or two. Let's, let's put a weird distraction spin on it and see what, uh, what comes out. <laughs> Uh, we don't have any podcast recommendations this episode. We went through actually our full list, but definitely stay tuned after you hear our outro music as you'll hear a promo for another show you should be listening to, uh, Studying Scarlet. They're an awesome show. Definitely listen to their promo at the end of our episode. But before we say goodbye, can you tell these fine people where to find us, Christy? Yes, most importantly, um, you can hit us up on our variety of different platforms. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Would love a review. Five stars would be great. Thanks. Five stars. Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Good Pods. You can email us any, again, suggestions, other story stuff you want to hear, any feedback, just anything you really want, because we're getting a lot of weird spam right now, apparently. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So at Weird Distractions Podcast at Outlook.com. You can tweet us on Twitter at Weird Distract I1. That's Weird Distract I1. Or you can hit us up on our Insta page at Weird Distractions Pod. And we have some spooky stuff coming for spooky season. I am like ecstatic. I can't wait. I want it to be fall. I'm tired of sweating. It just needs to be fall. It needs to be Halloween. Yeah. We love the spooks. We love the spooks. So I'm most impressed about so far that because it's COVID that we can't do right. any more spooks. Well, we're like, gonna. I want like spooky trip, but I mean like yeah. we can't do like fear farm. Can't oh, do yeah. like all those kind of cool things. That's true. So mm -hmm. in other words, wear your fucking mask so we can do spooky stuff. Thanks. Greatly appreciated. <laughs> Just Love no clowns. You. Thanks, bye. Just no clowns. Like, yeah, the clowns can the clowns can leave, but like everything else spooky can come out. That's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Need a distraction? We got you. Bye. Bye. The world is a confusing, stressful, and often frightening place. And we each have our own unique coping mechanisms that help us get by. Some people will tell you that when life gives you lemons, you should make lemonade. No, that's terrible advice. Just randomly getting free fruit is extremely suspicious. Haven't you heard of Snow White? That's actually uh, a really good point. It's usually not a great idea to consume anything if you're not totally sure what's in it. If you're the type of person who copes with discomfort by making strange jokes and who enjoys losing yourself in a creepy and sometimes bloody mystery, 
Please join us for our dark comedy podcast, Studying Scarlet. We alternate weekly between true crime and fictional crime, and we even take listener requests for episode topics. So if you too have a morbid sense of humor, we'd love to welcome you into our weird, quirky, and sometimes disturbing world. Studying Scarlet is available on your favorite podcast app, and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We can't wait to meet you. Please subscribe today.